Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10x points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Here at How to Money, we're always encouraging listeners to think about some of the different ways they can earn some money on the side to reach their financial goals. And guess what? While you're away, your home could also earn extra income. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. Yeah, hosting is a lot easier than you might think, and you don't need to Airbnb a whole house. You can just host your extra spare room. So consider becoming an Airbnb host, because your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Matt here for Health Aid Kombucha. This bubbly probiotic tea blended with real fruit juice is deliciously thirst-quenching and great for your gut health. Health Aid Kombucha comes in many flavors like Pink Lady Apple, Passion Fruit Tangerine, and Ginger Lemon, which is one of my favorites since it has that extra ginger kick. I'm a big fan, though the kids prefer the the mango lemonade. It's organic, it's non-GMO, and a great alternative to sodas and other sugary drinks. Just look for the brown bottle with an anchor in your local stores. Give it a try today. Make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. Yes, he is. And today we're discussing child labor, Equifax's idiocy, and some utility bill hacks. I kind of introduced myself. Uh, it kind of sounded like Eeyore, and I don't want people to think I'm depressed. I just wasn't quite ready for you to hit record yet. Why are you so unhappy, <laughs> my friend? Now I am ready. It took me a few seconds to kind of gather my thoughts. Uh, but no, this is our Friday flight. We were talking about the stories that we came across this week, the stories that we think are going to pertain most to your personal finances. And uh, oh, by the way, let's before we forget, let's announce the winners from the How to Money Sock giveaway. These are folks who not only left us a review on Apple Podcasts or Podcast Attic, wherever it is that you listen, but you sent us an email because that is how you officially enter into the sock giveaway. Uh, and we ran all of those names through the randomizer of everyone who reached out to us. And we've got five winners. And they are Kendall M, Matt W, Amanda P, Alejandro S, and Nate S. You are all sock winners, and we will be reaching out to you for your mailing address to get those most beautiful socks on their way to your feet. There's some sexy socks, I'm not going to lie, and they're going to look good on all five of you. So, yeah, I'll ship those out. Uh, I wish I had five pairs <laughs> that I could wear them. 
You and I, we only have one pair. That's right. <laughs> How many did we order? We, we ordered a full here. We don't want to be wasteful. We we ordered a bunch of them, but we're also we're kind of we're kind of frugal, and so I think we're like, okay, you get a pair, I get a pair. We want to reserve them for mostly for Sh- listeners. Should we save them for Fridays? Is that when we should always wear our How to Money socks? Yeah, fun it's sock like, Friday, like fun Fridays. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, you folks can uh, expect to hear from us soon, and there will be other opportunities for everyone else out there to get a pair of custom performance crew how to money socks that's right all right before we get to kind of the friday flight matt uh our listener david actually um, on the note of socks sent us uh, an email with a, a story yeah. from uh, the washington the, post the lawsuit the story yes okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, this guy this <laughs> customer of bass pro shops had been buying these socks that were guaranteed for life and so he would return them uh, on occasion when they got holes in them and and they would replace them no problem <laughs> but it, it sounds like the last time he went there they said okay well now you're exchanging them for ones that have a, a 60 day guarantee. No longer are they guaranteed for life. Um, and so he is well, they completely suing. Ch- they changed the sock, right? Like the sock used to have a lifetime warranty. Now the sock only, ha- it's the same sock, but they're just like, yeah, we're, we're not going to guarantee it for life. Anymore. Exactly. Yeah. That's, they're saying that this, we don't stand behind the product in the same way we used to. I guess what I'm saying is they weren't targeting him. Yeah. <laughs> they were, no, they weren't, they weren't like, oh, dude's coming in again. They're we're targeting gonna, everybody because stick it to them. They're like, we're losing too much money on these socks. <laughs> and uh, people like this customer are going to run us out of business. So yeah, what's, what's your thought on that? Is it frugal? Uh, are cheap to file a lawsuit against Bass Pro Shops when they kind of renege on their promise. Well, for him to be upset about it, I think it's totally fine. I Because I feel that way too. I, I've got a few pairs of, I think I mentioned this last week, but darn tough. They've got lifetime warranties on their socks. And when I pay $20 or maybe even a little bit more than 20 bucks, uh, I am partly doing that because I want to be able to replace those socks down the road when they develop holes in them. And that's something that they advertise. Were they to change that? Well, that's the whole, that's the whole reason I, I bought those socks in the first place. <laughs> yeah. And the insurance policy is a big part of the yes, product you're buying. Exactly. And, and similarly, that's how this guy felt. And so, like, would I file a lawsuit? I mean, probably not. You like, probably send, like, a snarky email or something like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, I, I would probably do that. But... I think it's frugal for that guy. If he wants to do it, I'm happy that he's doing it. And I'm sure everybody else that has those socks are like, yeah, dude, because it's a class action stand up for us lawsuit. And they'll hopefully all be able to participate in that. But I think this was a huge misstep on Bass Pro Shops part. They st- it's bad press for them. Yeah, dude. They still could have treated the customers who maybe have already had those socks. Grandfather them in. Come it's on. not difficult to ma- create a database or something. Like, I don't know. There, there are ways for them to figure this out. Uh, but moving forward, okay, now these socks moving forward will only have 60 days. I think there's a way that they could have found ways to cut costs because obviously that's what they're doing while still keeping uh, a happy customer yep. base. Agreed. When yeah. you have, these, these are loyal Instead customers. Instead of going cold turkey and just like just chopping it off. Yeah, I feel like that's a loyal customer who says I'm buying your products because the guarantee and and yeah you don't want a customer you want you don't want to upset the apple cart for something so small agreed you can grandfather this guy in bass pro shops do the right thing let this guy (laughs) let this guy have lifetime free uh free socks they're not doing the right thing yeah they're not doing the right thing they're gonna settle all right well let's uh, get to our friday flight and the uh the first story has to do with with biking google maps has a new biking feature a, a feature to help people bike better and so there's a lot of bees uh, going on right now well we always say that the biking is basically exercise and the ability to save money all wrapped up into one thing although sometimes finding the, the right route that avoids traffic and some of the nastier hills out there can be tough so i think that holds a lot of people back from maybe hopping on their bike because they don't know what the safest route is to get to their destination and they're worried that uh, on their non-e-bike let's say they might uh, encounter uh, we, we used to have a hill when i was growing up called big bertha 
Bertha. And they're like, Bertha. like if I if I get on Big Bertha, man, I'm gonna be sweating too much, and I might not be able to get up. But I gotta walk walk my bike up, and that's just not fun. So mm-hmm. Google's new update to Maps is making this this choice much easier. Pretty soon, you're gonna get even more granular data, like the availability of like partial or full bike lanes on the path that you're going. You can see elevation changes on a particular street, and you can see how heavy the car traffic is likely to be on the streets you plan to use. So I think this is really cool. We want more people to get out there on their bikes to save money and to get fitter and to just enjoy where they live a little bit more. And I, I like that Google's making it easier for us yeah. to do that. So I actually checked because I was curious if that's already been implemented in our area. Um, and I saw that. So the street availability or, you know, whether or not there's bike lanes, that isn't up, up to date, but the elevation is on there. And so personally, I've never looked much at it because I, I tend to just get on my bike and ride and figure it out <laughs> basically you see big bertha as like an additional challenge i'm like bring it on like <laughs> I, I dig that additional sweat but uh you know according to google we've seen a 40 percent increase in biking activity in the past few months i'm sure that a lot a lot of that does have to do with the warmer temperatures as folks have been able to get outside but i'm glad to see that folks are actually using those bikes that they bought during the pandemic uh, unlike pelotons and uh, <laughs> other <laughs> the pandemic sta- purchases the stationary are, ones are, are have now become I, place to put your laundry at least you can hang that towel that's right on your uh, on your station outdoor bike. bikes though they, they got to get used come on absolutely so we talked about the recession chatter last week for a second uh, well it turns out that credit card companies they aren't worried about a recession uh, they are actually getting even more aggressive when it comes to acquiring new customers uh, and they're sending out solicitations like like candy basically uh, according to the financial times there was a 47 percent surge in paper and digital solicitations uh, in q1 uh, and Q2 likely saw an even bigger increase. We just don't have those numbers yet. Uh, but sign-up bonuses uh, are getting richer on some cards in an effort to attract new customers as well. And so, yeah, what, what, what should you do as a How to Money listener? Well, we are totally cool with you getting a new card in order to snag a sign-up bonus. That's often going to mean free money or a, like a boatload of, of free travel points. But we only want you to do that if it doesn't increase your overall spend amount uh, and if you pay that puppy off on time and in full every single month. Yeah. So I just signed up for a new credit card, Matt, in order to get the uh, the additional bonus because we got to pay for the next semester of my wife's school. And Put that on the card. Exactly. It's like the perfect time because it's, it's not cheap uh, graduate mm-hmm. school. So uh, when you can do that in one fell swoop, at least get... Yeah, seven hundred fifty bucks. Did you uh, do the uh, the chase? Oh yeah, no, I did the um, the Capital One Venture Card. Oh, so, yeah. very nice. Uh, so we'll, we'll link to that one in the show notes if you want. If Absolutely. you want to check it out. But th- this is the kind of thing where you can take advantage of. That's something we we're gonna we we're gonna uh, pay for anyway. You're right? gonna do it anyway. Yeah, you'd, you'd already saved up the money. You know that you're gonna be able to pay that off. Yep. It's not like you're going you're you're going into this purchase without a plan. Yeah, you've I, got a plan. You're gonna pay it off. And I could have put it on one of the credit cards I already had, but then I'm missing out on something like you know 800 bucks in free rewards so why not get 10 percent off <laughs> basically on my wife's yeah. education oh and by the way matt you, you mentioned just more and more solicitations coming in in people's mailboxes junk mail. if you're tired of getting that stuff uh, or if it tempts you to sign up for a card maybe that you don't need or want just go to optoutprescreen.com we'll link to that in the show notes too but that's a place where yeah. you can say don't send that stuff my way anymore and the credit card companies 
will stop. And uh, speaking of credit cards, a new creditcards.com survey shows that young folks uh, are actually the worst tippers. <laughs> and it, it said even if they make a, of course a, a they solid are. income, right? So it was funny to me that it wasn't just uh, based on, okay, people that make less money don't tip as well. That's not what this survey found. And so specifically, uh, they're talking about millennials and Gen Zers. And you know, here we go again with everyone out there blaming us for all the wrong things in the world. But I guess I'm curious to know. You're burning the world down with your avocado toast and, <laughs> and your inability to tip. And your paltry tips. <laughs> so yeah, what what's your what are your thoughts? Is there some, Do we have some sort of moral obligation to tip? You know, we've talked about this. I feel like at every turn, more and more places, we're getting asked to tip. Um, and there's like the little iPad that gets turned around. And even at the coffee shop, it's like, do you want to tip uh, 30, 50, or 100% on this purchase? Yeah. Sometimes it's awkward. Well, um, but how, So how do you think about that? So it's that? interesting that the, like the breakdown occurs between like Zoomers, millennials, and then Gen Xers and baby boomers seem to be like more, way more generous with their tips. And what's really interesting, if you think about it, is that is also where you see a, just a, a massive divide when it comes to net worth. Like literally, like Zoomers don't even register <laughs> on like the percentage of net worth that they that they hold compared, in, like millennials are something like six percent, and all the rest are older generations. And so what it seems like is going on, or I don't know, might be going on, is that there is what I would argue an inability to stomach bad service by younger generations, mm. right? Like, So I'm not making an excuse saying that, hey, oh, you can start leaving a tip once you've built up a big net worth. What I'm saying is I think when maybe when you have a lot of money in the bank, you, you've got a substantial net worth, when you are presented with poor service, that you're still okay tipping. Almost like you're immune to, to bad service. Whereas if every dollar that you earn is incredibly valuable when you're younger, when you are a millennial, when you are a Zoomer. And in those instances, I think it is okay to adjust your tip accordingly. And again, I'm not saying that you should not tip at all. I still think there's maybe like that there should be a baseline, right? Mm -hmm. Like I've never not tipped at least 10%. Like I feel like in my mind, 10% is like the new zero. Yeah, yeah. And 10% for something like counter service, I'm cool with. I guess it's just, it can be frustrating to see like options for tipping at a counter service style place that exceed 20%. And that's like the basic ask. And that feels unreasonable to me. Yeah. Uh, like I'm going to go in there with a custom amount if, if that's what you yeah. got up there on the screen. Yeah. But in my mind, I don't know. This So this is a theory I'm proposing though, that there is just more variance with tipping depending on the service that you are given. Yeah. Uh, basically. And because I'm, I'm happy to tip even more. Like I will tip 30%. Sure. If I've got, if dude, if someone's like talks to us and engages and helps us to thoughtfully think about a menu or makes a recommendation on a type of beer, anytime that there's like really good beer talk going on, I'm such a great tipper. <laughs> <laughs> if they're like, oh, have you had this? And if we're talking through a beer menu, man, they are 100%. Well, they're totally going to get 30% <laughs> of uh, when it comes to the, the tip line. Yeah. And I think the other thing that people need to think about is, well, can, if I can't afford to tip, should I even be going out to eat? Uh, if you can't and you're like, I can't be generous um, with, with the server and I'm going to have to basically give them short shrift, then you should probably stay home and not yeah. go out at all. Agreed. Yeah. I think that's just a part of that transaction. That's a part of what should be expected out of patrons. All right. Let's talk about jobs. Uh, dude, is, is the great resignation even happening anymore at this point i, I feel like no it was it was such it was, like, it was on every single headline uh, i'm not sure i don't really care honestly but the reality is that a lot of folks who jumped to a new opportunity have been able to increase their pay in a seriously big way uh, and while you know the job market it's it's softening just a bit 
It's uh, it's like less raging bonfire, maybe more piping hot solo stove. That's another pandemic reference. <laughs> oh, for, <man>. for <laughs> A lot of people got solo stoves. Even still, folks are still changing jobs in order to increase their incomes. Uh, and thanks to everyone's new pal, inflation, real earnings for workers who stayed put at their current positions actually declined by 1.7%. Uh, but workers who pieced out, they saw an average real wage increase of nearly 10%, 97 That is a healthy increase. And this is according to data from our, our new besties over at Pew Research. And so we share this because we want to highlight that Obviously, money's not everything, uh, and, and leaving a job just to make more money, like that does not always make sense. There are, are a number of factors that you want to consider. But this is how to money. This is the show. <laughs> this is what we talk about, and money is a meaningful part of that equation. Uh, and so a lot of listeners out there, we think, could still get a substantial pay bump by finding employment elsewhere. We want that to be something that you are considering. Just like when, when we talk about different expenses in our lives, we want you to question everything. And I think it's always worth questioning, well, is this a job that I want to stick with? Is mm-hmm. this where I'm going to continue to have my, my bread buttered? Yeah. And, and just because the job market is softening a little bit doesn't mean you can't still jump ship and get a massive raise, that there's still a lot of opportunity out there. And Matt, it just uh, there was a New York Times article this week on the, on the job market, but the job market for teens, so that's the child labor part of our, <laughs> our headline t- today. Um, but it actually, it talked about how the best extracurricular activity for many high school students may be getting a job. Ooh. And I got to say, I like where they're headed with this one because I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, of course, there are some teens, right, where they're in a situation that requires them to get a job to help their family out. They don't have the luxury necessarily to choose between getting a job and doing more school activities. But regardless of the reason why a teenager gets a job, there are just so many different lessons that kids can learn, we would say, uh, working part-time totally. during those years uh, that they're unlikely to learn in most classrooms at most schools. Sure. Yeah, uh, Matt, I got my first job at 14. I mean, I was working before that, even in the neighborhood, mowing lawns and stuff like that, right, probably yeah the age of 12 but my first legit job at the was, age of 14 i was like 11 year old pool boy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> could barely swim <laughs> yeah just kidding i I'll can still swim. clean your pool though <laughs> uh, and yeah so i i think my 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 first job i was getting paid five dollars and 15 cents an hour nice. uh, but it was right across the street from my high school uh, right when i got off of uh, got out of school i would go walk across the street and throw on the uniform work for a few hours and this is one of those things i like i learned so much and i remember my manager her uh, her go-to phrase was if you got time to lean, you got time to clean. <laughs> and so I thought I was taking a break. It's a classic line. She wasn't having it. And, and so I learned a lot about about responsibility, really, and kind of how to work with superiors and, yeah, and peers exactly. during those days. And I'm sure she was probably just a, a fine boss, right? But like I think that's one of the things that you learn when you do get a job at a young age. You learn how to what it takes to work under somebody maybe who isn't so great. Yep. Uh, a, lot, a lot of bosses out there are fantastic, but there are some, there are a lot of managers who aren't so great. You learn like, about working when you don't necessarily want to, right? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> like you you're on the schedule. You yeah. Still, yeah, you're on the schedule. And like you see, yeah, working with others, there's a certain amount of teamwork that comes into play with folks where it's like, man, you didn't choose these... Like, these aren't teammates that you chose for a class project. <laughs> you know, like, these aren't even folks who are taking the same class as you. Like, who knows, like, the backgrounds of the folks that you're working with. But you still have to work together to get the job done. Mm-hmm. There's there's the type of learning that takes place within, a, a, like, a workplace environment like that that's just so robust. Uh, like you said, like, that does not happen within, a uh, within like, a school yeah, setting. Yeah, one of the most important things, when we're talking about inflation and wage inflation, there's been even more at that bottom end of the scale. And so teenagers can make, like, like I said, my starting salary was $5 
dollars, fifteen cents. Now a lot of teenagers can get a job making something like fifteen, sixteen, seventeen dollars an hour pretty easily mm-hmm. with you know nothing on their resume. So that's just kind of another pointer in the right direction. Like, oh, cool, I can actually make some real money going out there and getting a part-time job. Yeah, and I think there are a lot of parents who are you know are they're a little worried because they're thinking, well, I want to make sure my kids are focusing on their grades that they're able to get into the college that they want to get to get into. And we asked the question on our Wednesday episode is college for dummies. And I think that desire over the past multiple decades of parents just shuttling their kids down that college path has led a lot of folks to not even consider an after school job because they are focusing on their grades. Exactly. But the fact is, not everybody is cut out for college. And so what that means is that there's an, an entire I don't know, generation of of people right now who maybe didn't end up going to college or if they did, didn't graduate. And they also missed out on the benefits on that sort of informal education of becoming a well-rounded person, what they would have learned had they started working uh, under a great manager or a fantastic boss at the age of 15, which are some incredibly formidable years. And even if your kid is going to college, it doesn't mean that some work history in high school isn't helpful to them because it is. You're learning a lot of real life skills before you got to get into real life. And granted, I don't think you should necessarily be making your high school or work 30 hours a week but something like you know eight to ten hours yeah like uh, two three shifts it can be yeah it can be a nice balance it can help them learn some skills make a little bit of money and so i don't think it has to be all or nothing it's like oh they can only focus on school they can do both right uh the, the 15 16 17 year olds they are equipped to do both so we we think more kids should be going in that direction we agree with the new york times yeah but matt we got more stories to cover on this friday flight including um uh, some egregious actions by the credit bureau equifax we'll talk about that and more right after this break. Jill, I think there are a lot of folks who start small businesses and they're surprised at the amount of behind the scenes, the admin type work that they're not all that thrilled about getting your books together with uh, with some final figures so that you can file your corporate taxes. For instance, that's something we've been in the middle of, but it can really gum up the gears, potentially keeping you from doing the work you love. If this is you, you should know these three numbers. 37,000, 25, and 1. That's right. Yeah, 37,000, that's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. And one, because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for all of your KPIs, key performance indicators, in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need to grow, all in one place. There's a lot of power in the simplification of having all that information in one place. Helps you make better decisions. That's right. And right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash howtomoney. That's netsuite.com slash howtomoney to get your own KPI checklist. netsuite.com slash howtomoney. So we've mentioned on the show how we've got a Dominican trip coming up. We're going to celebrate, Joel, you and Emily. You're both turning 40 this year, so Woo-hoo. we're doing it up right. And a lot of listeners, they might have trips of their own planned. And sometimes those vacations can get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? Yeah, that's right. Why let it sit empty when it can be earning extra income on your behalf? It's a smart and practical thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you have some extra space in your home. Maybe you have a whole house to host. Or maybe you're going on vacation and your home is just going to be sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. 
you already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you've got two options. You can either let it just sit there empty or you can do some optimizing and make some money off of it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home, it might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey folks, it's Matt. I've got to tell you about something new I've been trying this year. I've been drinking a little Health Aid kombucha every day and I feel amazing. It comes in so many delicious flavors, but my favorites so far are Pink Lady Apple and Ginger Lemon. So what exactly is Health Aid kombucha? Well, it is a fermented bubbly probiotic tea that's good for your gut. It's blended with real fruit juice and it's super thirst quenching, a little sweet and a little tangy and very refreshing. I'm sure you've heard about the importance of gut health and supporting uh, your overall health. It's something I've read up on a good bit over the past year, which is why I've made Health Aid Kombucha a part of my everyday routine. Literally every afternoon I'll have some. It's super easy and it's affordable too. My favorite grocery store, Aldi, they carry it as well. If you want to give it a try and see how great you can feel, look for the brown bottle with an anchor and make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you. A big part of being a responsible adult is taking care of the things you care about. For instance, my bike that I ride in to work on. I keep the tires pumped. I keep the chain greased. Gone are the days of leaving your bike out in the rain for weeks at a time, like a kid. (laughs) Simply put, the things futures are built around are the things worth protecting. And making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones. With Trust & Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $199. Go to trustandwill.com slash howtomoney for 10% off plus free document shipping. As the primary breadwinner for our family, I've taken the steps to ensure that Kate and the kids that they're going to be taken care of if something terrible happens to me. Each will or trust is state-specific and customized to your needs. Their simple step-by-step process guides you from start to finish with ease. So get the peace of mind you deserve by creating your estate plan with Trust & Will. Secure your assets and protect your loved ones with Trust & Will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash howtomoney. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash howtomoney. All right, we're back and we will talk about how Equifax still sucks. Right. Uh, we Next time w- say it like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, yeah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Only because you just told me to. <laughs> I'm a contrarian. Uh, no, we're going to get to our ludicrous headline of the week right now, man. And this headline read, U.S. Bank fined $37.5 million for opening fake customer accounts. The uh, Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, they just, the CFPB, they uh, revealed this at the end of last week. And it turns out there's another bank out there who's trying to, to be like Wells Fargo. And, you know, you'd think that after all that Wells Fargo went through, U.S. Bank, maybe they would have learned from Wells Fargo's mistakes, but it turns out that didn't happen because it was going on basically at the same time as all the Wells Fargo It's been happening for over a decade. Exactly. Yeah, the CFPB said that the U.S. Bank not only opened up unwanted checking and savings accounts for its customers, but also credit cards and lines of credit. And I know we say this a lot, but I think it bears repeating, and that is the big banks suck. Suck. (laughs) Uh, We would not recommend that you do business with them voluntarily. Generally speaking, big banks, their rates are inferior, their customer service sucks, uh, their fees are typically higher, and you know, you might just find yourself getting treated even more poorly in the case of being a Wells Fargo or a US bank customer. Stay away from those big names. Yeah, I'm glad they're being held to held to account. I'm glad their feet are being held to, to the fire. We're going to talk about another case in which 
companies are not <laughs> being held responsible for their actions in just a second. But first, since we're talking about fees, Matt, there was an article in the Wall Street Journal uh, about the ways hotels are increasing fees on their customers this week. They're charging guests anywhere between uh, $25 to $200 just to reserve a chair by the pool <laughs> so that you can ensure <laughs> that you've got a spot on a Saturday morning. That uh, struck me as Sounds insane. nice. It so sounds you- nice to have a spot by the pool, not for that kind of money, though. <laughs> That's crazy. But yeah, th- th- these aren't even necessarily some sort of fancy cush loungers, sometimes just basic pool recliners. And, and so, um, yeah, when we're talking about, we don't really like fees, Matt. Maybe this is something we should dedicate a whole episode uh, to re- uh, in the near future because... I think we've done a fees episode. We have, but there's, I feel like... If it was too long ago, there's a whole new generation of fees exactly. for us to, for us to There's more and more <laughs> fees popping up. And so, uh, even when it comes to like resort fees, right? That's something that's happening at hotels more and more frequently something yeah. like 45 bucks a night they're making that mandatory because yeah it's a resort fee and what does it actually cover well, we don't really know but um it, <laughs> it it's the wi-fi yeah it covers your coffee maker it's, yeah maybe i guess so <laughs> so the, that's what they say but it's like no this is just you being able to pad your profits yes it is and so before you take your next trip check out the hotel's website for more information on the fees they charge and read reviews on a site like TripAdvisor because oftentimes those reviewers will point out how ridiculous the fees might be at a particular place uh, it might help you steer clear of some of those unexpected fees. Matt, we just went on a trip last weekend to, to just outside of Nashville to the Opryland Hotel, which is a beautiful hotel, by the way. Yeah, my father-in-law like paid for everything. He had some, some points and stuff like that. But when we got there, we realized parking was $33, just self-parking, no valet. It's just, it's parking in a parking lot. And you like pull up, unload the car and then park it across the street at like the McDonald's I or mean, something like that? That's don't, it crossed my mind. <laughs> Fortunately, my father-in-law had paid for it ahead of time. And I was like, okay, okay all right, thank you. Um, but that's one of those things where you have to be aware of stuff like that. Like that, that adds a whole lot yeah. of money, a whole lot of expense to just kind of yeah. a, a fun family trip. But I will, I will say, I mean, I do, I agree. I hate fees, but I'm, I'm thinking about like, Reserving some chairs, poolside, like at the Bellagio. <laughs> if uh, going to Vegas and splurging in that way, if, if that's your thing, if that's your craft beer equivalent, then like what I would say is have at it. You know, I'm not going to yuck on your yum uh, as long as folks have options, you know, and as long as there is price transparency. Because, you know, there's also this reality where these new hotel fees could end up saving uh, some money savvy travelers money. Like it makes me think of jumping through all the different hoops with a uh, discount airline like uh, Spirit or Frontier, uh, how that's going to you know, help you to get to your destination for far less money than the other airlines most of the time. You just got to know how to work the system. You have to know what they're charging as long as they're being transparent. And as long as you know that, well, if I don't want to deal with that, if I, if I want to kind of maybe spend, spend a little bit more and go with Delta or go with United, you know that that's an option for you. I just want folks to have options. And you know what? If some of these fancier hotels are charging, in some cases, a lot of money for folks to not have to get up early in the morning and circle around the pool and throw down the towels. Like, I hate that sort of that game. You you know, and, and I think there's a lot of folks. But how much thinking. is that going to cost you? And do you need the primo hotels? Or can you be like, eh, three rows back at the pool? I don't know. Like, yeah. it, part of it, it depends just, on just what depends. you want. And sometimes those fees are just so sneaky depends that you don't know they exist. And yeah. You pull up and you're like, the sneakiness, second, not I cool. I yeah. had no idea. Definitely and not down with the sneakiness. Yeah, it makes it makes your, it can throw a wrench in your experience and kind of uh, sure. make your trip cost a lot more than you thought. So it's something you yeah. need to be proactively, uh, proactively thinking about. Exactly. Yep. 
All right, well, let's get to that story about uh, the credit bureaus. And you know, this is it's just one more negative story we have to discuss on the Friday flight today. It could have also been the ludicrous headline of the week. Yeah, we've got like three ludicrous headlines of the week. <laughs> yeah, a lot of crappy <laughs> stuff <laughs> happening out there, right? That folks need to be aware of. Right. Well, the, the Wall Street Journal published an exclusive article earlier this week about the extent to which the bureaus make egregious mistakes affecting consumers everywhere. Notice that we didn't say affecting their customers because we aren't their customers. Uh, we we are the product that's being sold all over the place. And so the, the Wall Street Journal reporters, they found that Equifax in particular sent inaccurate credit score information to lenders, not a few times, not hundreds of times, millions of times. Mm. And so we're not talking about just like this, whoops, oh, sorry, screwed up, hurt a couple people. We're talking about repetitive incompetence <laughs> that resulted in higher interest rates and denied applications for a bunch of individual borrowers. And so if Equifax didn't thoroughly uh, earn their place in the pantheon of most hated companies with their massive data breach of 2017. They're certainly there now. Man, they are up there. They might be worse than the big banks uh, in, a, in a lot of ways. To see this story was just so frustrating. It made me sad for all those people. They got screwed over. Um, yeah. But it's also just kind of tough to stomach these repetitive boneheaded moves that cost all of us uh, a lot of money and, and, and headache. Yeah, I saw the, uh, the Equifax CEO. He had the nerve to say that these errors were not something meaningful to Equifax, which, yeah, dude, of course, it's not going to really affect y'all because you seem to be immune from any negative backlash. It's the American people who are getting screwed over and who it's becoming a problem for. And, you know, although the government taking over credit reports uh, and scores like how that has been floated as an option, I'm not sure that that is going to be the best way to proceed as well. But just the, you know, the current model is just so severely flawed, though. Uh, and, you know, like you were talking about earlier about U.S. Bank having their feet held to the fire, that also needs to happen with the credit bureaus. They need to be held responsible for these mistakes uh, when it comes to responding to these issues that everyday folks run up against as a result of their mistakes and their incompetence. But uh, on a brighter note, <laughs> it seems that technology seems to be making our, our current scoring models maybe feel a bit antiquated, which is welcome news. But companies like Altro, they are seeking to create new models based on how it is you pay recurring subscriptions. Some credit cards out there like Pedal Card, uh, X1, they are underwriting folks based on alternative means like, like income and your bank transactions. They're actually looking at your data in treating you like a human being rather than being fed the score straight from the credit bureaus. Uh, and so hopefully some of these young fintech upstarts will be able to create some some healthy competition in the space because the uh, the credit bureaus, you know, I feel like they're, they're sort of like dinosaurs. They're right for extinction. The writing seems to be on the wall. And I'm certainly glad that there's more competition uh, cropping up. It, it also makes me think how maybe the buy now, pay later companies, this is a service that they might be able to provide. But it seems what's going on is they're starting to... It's like they're paying tribute by sending their data to the credit bureaus yeah. rather than maybe creating their own ecosystem. And I would much rather see uh, competition than them just getting brought into the fold. And I don't mind jumping through the hoops as long as when it comes to the credit scoring model. We've talked about that. How do you get a good credit score? And we've talked about, well, here's the scoring model. Here's how it's set up. And here's how you yeah. ensure that you play by the rules in order to get a good credit score. There's always going to be rules. No, yeah. matter, no matter what, there's going to be instructions on how to play the game. But my biggest problem is when you play by the rules, but there's 
so much incompetence by the folks running the game that uh, you get screwed over even though you've done the right thing. Yeah. And that seems to just happen on be happening on a scale that's far too large for my comfort. Um, it's it's uh, something like Specifically what? with Equifax. Yeah, something like a quarter <laughs> of, of credit reports have an error on them. And when we talk about the response rate of these credit bureaus to people who do have an error on their report, it's it's negligible. Like they, they don't even yeah. get back to people who have an issue. And then they do something like this and it's like, okay, we've just seen far too many mistakes <laughs> to make me feel any level of comfort with them being in control of not only our information, but also our ability to, you know, get the loans and financial products that, that we that we need. Totally. And I feel that we can maybe be a little bit harder on Equifax since they're here in Atlanta. Uh, we're able to, it's kind of like punching your younger brother. It's like, you can do that, but your, your neighbor better not. <laughs> yeah. <right? laughs> I don't know. We can do like a how to money protest in front of Equifax headquarters maybe next week if you're uh, All right. Enough of the negative. Let's, let's turn to the positive. Uh, there's a story on CNET's site and they are reporting that you could save money by simply changing the temperature on your hot water heater. Uh, and you're probably thinking, you know, big deal. This is probably just chump change. But no, uh, it turns out you might be able to save like multiple hundreds of dollars over the course of a year. Uh, and that's because the Department of Energy estimates that your hot water heater is often responsible for 14 to 18% of your home's utility bills. And most water heaters are set to a temperature of 140 degrees when 120 degrees will typically suit most families just fine. And so, yeah, we'd recommend for you to check that out. If uh, for some reason that bump down in temp, if it's not working out for you, you can always bump it back up. No harm, no foul. But if you're all about a quick way to, to start saving uh, some serious money, you know, well, Eventually, it'll be serious. Right now, yeah. it's immediate, but over time, it'll be serious. Twenty bucks a month, man. If you save yeah. that by turning the, the dial down on your hot water heater, that's a reasonable amount of money. Like that's, I literally went read this article and I went straight into my crawl space and I did you do it right away. Yes, I did. So my <laughs> some are have like a digital display and you can like just put the arrow down and get it to the temperature you want it to. Mine I had to uh, pull out a couple screws and then turn the dial down a little okay. bit. I took got, a picture. You got all, the black knob? Uh, no, it's not a knob. No, it's okay. like a little dial and you got to use a screwdriver to turn oh, it down just a little bit. So I'll um, I'll send I'll send you the a picture that I took. I haven't even looked at the hot water here at our new place. Like at my old, at our now old. Now you got to. You got to make sure yeah. the temp's uh, well, not the too high. Well, the thing is, I mean, we're family of six. And so we have run out of hot water before. If we've all gone hiking, we come home and everyone stinks everyone's hot and sweaty it's like okay we're all taking showers or baths literally every bathroom is being occupied and we've gotten to where we've run out of run out of water but if i don't know if you're a family if it's just you and your place or you've got a smaller family you just got one kid i, I think you could totally or you've got a big turn, enough turn the tank, temperature right? down. Um, yeah so, exactly and that's where tankless is obviously it's like it's better in a lot of ways but it's also more expensive yeah um, but word to the wise if if you haven't checked it lately and you're like oh, i can stand to save some money and no we never really run out of hot water and you know what it actually is pretty scalding <laughs> when it's on the hottest level oh, uh, like oh, for like most hot. folks somewhere in that 120 to 125 range will work just fine well it turns out like you don't want to go low, less than 120 because bacteria bacteria exactly mm -hmm. if it goes less than 120 um uh, legionella evidently is is the bacteria that causes what, what disease is it Which, called if we're if we're picking Le favorites legion legionnaire's disease that's right yeah okay. if we're picking favorites that's my guess. favorite bacteria but <laughs> legionella so I, I mean i mentioned that because i don't want folks to get so cheap with it that they're they turn their, right. their water heater down too much well i'm gonna take you down to 90 degrees. and now you've got pneumonia and you're in the hospital <laughs> and it's like a, it's a real disease people yeah. die from it it's it's rare yeah. like legionnaires disease. you can still take a cold shower if you want but it's but it's real yeah so anyway don't go too cheap uh, but yeah. <laughs> that's what we're here for helping you to save money and not die if you can save 15 20 bucks a month by turning <laughs> down your water heater make it happen uh and just like i did so all right that's going to do it for this episode again we'll send those socks out to the folks who won thank you to everyone who who left a review we really appreciate it and we hope to see you back here on monday for an upcoming 
Ask How to Money episode. We got some good questions lined up for you. That's right, buddy. So until next time, best friends out. Best friends out. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Upswell Marketing would like to remind listeners that most people don't belong to two gyms. They don't see two dentists or trust two auto repair shops. So when customers choose your small business over your competitors, they're really choosing you. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads. And in fact, that formula and media mix has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. And new customers receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. Hey, it's Matt here for Health Aid Kombucha. This bubbly probiotic tea blended with real fruit juice is deliciously thirst-quenching and great for your gut health. Health Aid Kombucha comes in many flavors like Pink Lady Apple, Passion Fruit Tangerine, and Ginger Lemon, which is one of my favorites since it has that extra ginger kick. I'm a big fan, though the kids prefer the, the mango lemonade. It's organic, it's non-GMO, and a great alternative to sodas and other sugary drinks. Just look for the brown bottle with an anchor in your local stores. Give it a try today. Make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you.